Hello, friends. This is Pastor Anthony L. Fletcher from Redeemed Ministries. I would like to invite you to listen to our podcast. It is a Christian-based podcast designed to bridge the Word of God to modern-day culture to show its relevance and its permanence throughout all generations. Why don't you listen and enjoy? Be blessed. Hello, my podcast friends. This is Pastor Anthony L. Fletcher Sr. with the Redeemed Ministries Bible Church in Kansas City, Missouri. This week's podcast is taken from the 121st number of Psalms. It's titled, Shut In But Looking Up. As we still remain in our shut-in across the nation, we have to understand that our help comes from God. He's the one that created the heavens and the earth. So what's going on here with the coronavirus is no surprise to him. We just need to stay faithful. We need to be careful, but we need to know that he still has everything in control. Take a listen to the broadcast already in progress. God bless you. So Psalms 121, and I will be reading it in its entirety from the King James Version. And it reads thusly. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel should neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Amen. I just want to use a subject on today. Shut in, but looking up. Shut in, but looking up. You know, the psalmist, or this particular psalmist that is not uh, recorded, but it is noted to be a song of ascension, a song of ascension. And we know ascension means up. Um, and you know, the whole book of Psalms, or group of songs and praises of worshiping to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This psalm was originally written um, uh, as a praise song uh, for individuals that were um, Hebrews or uh, individuals that was considered to be Jews. Amen. But there are different uh, interpretations on what this particular psalm mean or where it was to be sung. Some think uh, the Levites, which were the priests, uh, they would sing this song as they walked the 15 stairs from the courtyard uh, into the temple. Uh, many believe that. Uh, I am in the belief that this song was sang uh, when the Jews would go to Jerusalem on one of the three festive days of the year. And the reason I, I believe that, because Jerusalem set up on a hill, on a mountain, and, and 
a lot of the regions that were around Jerusalem were lower than what Jerusalem really was. And so as they would walk uh, in a caravan towards Jerusalem, uh, being obedient, uh, coming to Jerusalem for one of the three festive days, uh, they would walk through valleys and up hills and up mountains, and they would place their focus in the temple because they knew they was going to worship the God of Israel. Now, I'm sure some will argue the fact that this doesn't apply to us today, uh, but there, will, there is always a practical meaning to every scripture in the Bible. Amen. Yes, sometimes that God was just talking to the Israelites, but there is still a practical lesson when it comes to Christians. So as they were walking and making a pilgrimage to the temple, one of the things they would run across is people that were hiding in the hills to do them harm. And as a Christian, we have to realize that even in the midst of bad situations or even in the midst of danger, we must keep our focus on the Lord. Amen. Uh, he is the protector. He is the one that will cover us. He is the one that will provide for us. Amen. So as uh, they would walk to Jerusalem, they would sing songs of worship as they were on their way to the temple. Now get this, what this uh, psalmist is saying. Uh, again, we don't know who wrote this particular song, but we do know it's a song or a psalms of ascension. And the writer says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Verse 2, my help cometh from the Lord, which made heavens and the earth. The first point I like to make on this morning is that God is the divine helper. He is the divine provider. Amen. As 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 again, they walked, they were looking not only to be uh, protected from all dangers, but they realized that their help come from the hills. Now, uh, when they go to the, these festive days, they know that, that this service was going to be extremely high for them. As Christians today, we are facing something that's very difficult. And we're facing something that is in our path that we don't know how to react to. We, it, it has us shut in. It, it, it has us locked in our homes. But just as the Israelites, we have to remember that the first thing we need to do while we're going through this and even when we get out of this is to look up towards the hills. Amen. We understand God has created the heavens. He has created the earth. You might want to argue and say, well, why is God allowing these things to happen at this time? Well, it's because of sin. And because of sin, a lot of times we just have to suffer consequences. But just like the children of Israel, God will always be with you. God will never leave you alone. Amen. Well, I understand as well that I got a message last night that one of my good friends has lost somebody that he knows 
because of this virus. That person was saved. Now, I'm not saying that I'm rushing to get up out of here. I'm, I'm sure Sister Fletcher is not rushing to get up out of here or anybody is rushing to get up out of here. But even if something tragic were to happen from this disease or anything else, if God decides that is your time, it is your time, whether it was the disease or just something that happened outside of the disease. And you know what? You will be face to face with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am not trying to downplay this at all. But what I'm trying to say is that we cannot go through this situation that we're going through right now and live in fear day by day by day. Amen. The Israelites had a reason to fear as they walked up to the temple. They didn't know if they was going to be overcome by robbers, by thieves or someone to do them harm. But what they did is stay focused and looked towards Jerusalem, which represented where God was. Amen. So we have to realize that God is our divine helper. He is our protector. Amen. So, so as they walked and they, they sung this song of worship, you know, it made me think now that they say, and I've heard it said by many people before, that it's something about music that's calming to the soul. But I know it's something about worship by singing. Amen. It gets you closer and gets you focused on God. So maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to sing songs of praises and hymns to keep our minds stay on thee. So as they walked up to Jerusalem on one of the three festive days, the songwriter says, I am keeping my eyes looking heavenward. Amen. Keeping your eyes focused on God and knowing that God is still sovereign. Well, Pastor Fletcher, what do you mean by God is sovereign? I'm simply saying that God is still in control. Despite whatever situation that you might find yourself going through, God is still in control. Verse 3 says, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. And so in these verses, the psalmist is simply letting you know that God is a divine protector. He is a provider. He is a protector. Listen to what it says. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved, that he, uh, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Uh, you know, I've said before that uh, my wife and I, we, we, we love to watch movies. Uh, and a lot of times we miss the movie because we're, we're slumber. And what slumber is simply saying that you don't necessarily fall to sleep, sleep, but you can miss two or three minutes because you had a quick nap. So, so what the Israel, what, what the writer is saying is that that the God of Israel, which whom protects Israel, never is at a place 
that he does not know what's going on or he is not aware what's going on. Simply said that we are not in a place even today that God does not know where we at or what we need or what we going on. Did coronavirus take him by surprise? No, it didn't. But there's an ultimate purpose that he allowed it to be around this nation today. And it could be judgment, one, or it could be so we can again place our focus on him. I've said many times that God is not pleased with the church because we have allowed so much to come in and so much of the world to come in and influence us when we should be preaching Genesis to Revelations in context, but we argue in places in the Bible where it clearly say where sin is sin. God is not pleased and what we need to do as Christians is to focus on God again. And, and this could be, this could be something that he's using to send a revival to the church. Amen. So he's always aware of what's going on. God is uh, not only uh, omnipotent, meaning all powerful. He's not only omniscient, meaning he knows it all, but he's omnipresent means he's everywhere at the same time. And he knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly where I am. He knows your fears. He says, cast your fears upon me. Why? Before, because I care for you. He knows that a lot of people are afraid in this situation. He knows a lot of people don't know what they're going to do in this situation. This virus is causing a lot of people to lose their job. It's causing a lot of hours to be cut back on people's jobs. They're not going to get full paychecks and things of this sort. This thing is real, but God is more real than this virus. Amen. And I'm here to tell you that he knows where you are. He's aware of what you're going through. He's aware of what you're thinking. And all he wants you to do is look heavenward. Look towards him because he is your ultimate help. And behold, he that keepeth Israel should neither slumber nor sleep. You remember, uh, Sister Fletcher, back in Genesis, Genesis, when we studied Genesis, you remember, or the, uh, I'm sorry, or Exodus, when we studied Exodus, how when, 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 when they left Egypt in mass numbers, and the Bible declared that by day God guided them by cloud, and by night he was there uh, in a cloud of fire, meaning he's omnipresent, meaning he's always with you and he's always aware where you are. By cloud and by night he was there uh, in a cloud of fire, meaning he's omnipresent, meaning he's always with you and he's always aware where you are. Now, some may say that I prayed and and I don't hear from God and I feel distance from God. Yeah, that can be true too, but it's not because God is not there. You need to find out where you are. There was an old saying that it was a couple uh, and, and probably some of you can relate. There was a couple that when they first met, they was just so in love. And they were in love 
And when they got in the car, it almost looked like one person was in the car, Sister Fletcher. When you looked at them from behind, you know, she was all up on him. They was they were snuggled up. And as they got married and years progressed, it almost looked like both of them was trying to get out the opposite door. Amen. And the, and the woman began to say that how she uh, missed her husband and how he's changed and how, you know, they don't sit together when he drives down the street and things of that sort. And the man simply looked at the woman and said, I'm in the same position that I've always been. Who moved? Well, I'm simply saying is God is always in the position that he's always been. If we feel distance from him, if we feel like he's not present, if we feel like he's not answering prayers, the question really should be, not God where are you, but I moved. The God of Israel is always there. He always is aware of what's going on. And then it goes on that says that he doesn't slumber, nor does he sleep. So not only does he uh, not pay attention or there's a chance, a possibility that he doesn't pay attention for a couple of minutes, but he don't take time off to get rest because God is always aware of what's going on. In verse five, I love this. Then it says, the Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon the right hand. God is not only our uh, provider, he's, he's not only our protector, but he's also our shelter. He is our shelter in the time of storm. Amen? We're in a storm right now, church. Not only, the, not only Christians, but unsaved alike. We are all in a storm right now, and people are looking and running. They're panicking. They're looking for shelter, but I'm here to tell you on this morning that you can find shelter in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at what the psalmist says. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. That means 24-hour shelter, protection, provision. That's what God feels about you. You know what, uh, Sister Fletcher, I like to make this personal because we, we read a lot of scriptures as we and us. And that's fine the way it's written. But sometimes you need to make it personal. He is my provider. He is my protector. He is my shelter. Amen. We have to make it personal. Now, in 24 hours, he watches over us constantly. And not only does he shelter us, he preserves us. Because it says in verse 7 that the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. And what else it says? He shall preserve thy soul. You know, there's teaching out there that, that you can lose your salvation. Um. And I've always been against that because I feel that if you can lose your salvation, that means that there were or there is a possible way you can do something to gain your salvation. 
and we know the Bible says that our good works is as filthy rags to God. There's nothing we can do to obtain salvation. Amen. But the scripture says here that that uh, that the Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. So not only can God preserve you, can shelter you from evil. Amen. But he can also shelter you and does shelter and preserve your soul. Amen. There's a scripture that says that uh, we are sealed uh, until the day of, of that the Lord comes back. We, we, are, we are sealed. Amen. So if we are sealed, it's not us that is keeping ourselves, but it's God is the one that's keeping us. Amen. I used to go down to Mississippi and Louisiana in the summers as a boy. Uh, and one of the big things, uh, I don't know if they still do it, and I'm sure that they do. One of the big things in the South is that they would pick fruit. And they would get those old mason jars. Just you don't know nothing about that because you're a city girl. They would get those mason jars. And they would boil those mason jars. They would put them upside down inside of a, 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 a big tub. And they would sterilize them. And then... Uh, they would take those figs and those apples or peaches or whatever they were canning and boil them and, and, and season them and they would put them into the mason jars. And the mason jar tops had two parts. They had uh, the circle and then the ring that you put around there to, to tighten it up. And those things would stay on the shelves for years. Grandma and grandpa and even uh, mother uh, she she learned the craft and they would say those things and then when it was time to take them off the shelf and pop that ring they was preserved until they was ready to be enjoyed amen what I'm saying here is that God seals our souls amen he preserves our souls and he allow us to be in these evil times and he allow us to live our lives out but when it pleases him he opens us up and he and our souls joins with him when we leave this earth amen he enjoys the fact that he can enjoy the christians that that he's allowed to live here on earth and has allowed for them uh, to be used by him but when he gets good and ready, he is the only one that can crack that seal so you can be with him throughout all eternity. Man can't do it. The devil can't do it. Nobody can preserve your soul but God. Amen. So it's saying here that the Lord will not only preserve you from evil, but he shall preserve thy soul that you can live here on earth. And don't have to worry about anything, about losing your salvation, about being overcome by evil. Again, I'm not saying I know there's plenty of, of bad things that happen to good people, but we're looking at the big picture. A lot of times we just look at what happens here and now, but there's a big picture for everything that we go through. So the Lord not only, he not only preserves us uh, from evil, but he preserves our soul. In verse 8, again it says, the Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in 
in and are coming in from this time forth and forevermore. God has a divine consistency when it comes to our lives. Amen? When we come in, he's in our lives. When life begins, he's in our lives. And when we pass over to the other side, he has just as much to do with that as well. God is in control. This Psalms is not only showing that God, uh, 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 that God is always present. He's our protector. He's our helper. It shows that he is still sovereign and he controls everything that is going on. And sometimes God has to just remove his hands from a situation to allow us to see how things will go if we don't have him in our lives. Amen? Sometimes God will remove himself. Amen? Not saying in such a way that he can leave permanently, but he just steps back. Amen. I heard a great preacher was saying that this week, and I agree with him. Uh, uh, he said, God just can step back and let you see how it is without him. In Romans, it's called a reprobate mind. How if we keep doing things and keep doing things and keep rejecting God and things of that sort, he just gives us up. That doesn't mean he's not in control anymore. He just comes to the point that he lets you do what you want to do and you have to suffer the consequences. So I'm going to tell you, the Redeemed Ministries, that even in the midst of these troubles, even everything that's going on right now, we have a God that is still in control. We're shut in our homes right now. They don't want people out in the streets unnecessarily unless your job is essential or unless you're going to an essential place. Amen. That's why we're doing this online today. Amen. I feel that the church is essential, but I'm also going to follow the government and we're going to use what platforms we can to get the word out. But I'm also saying that we are shut in but we have to be looking up. That's what's going to keep our mental health. That's going to keep us sane. That's going to keep us connected. Amen. Because God is looking for a church that is connected, not distanced from him. Amen. And hopefully when this is all over said and done, we will have a new refreshed relationship with God. So we can do the things that we need to be doing in the first place. And that is going out to all nations, teaching and preaching, making disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to be giving into the world just to get members. We're supposed to be on the mission that God has called us to be in. And that's the saving soul business. Of course, we can't save a soul, but God can use us as an instrument to point individuals to him. So you shut in, but you gotta be looking up. Look towards the hills from which cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord which has created the heavens and the earth. Use this time wisely. 
Don't sit and watch TV all day. Get you a book and read. Get you a word. Study the word. Get your prayer life together. Get closer to the Lord. Amen. Because this thing might get worse before it gets better. Amen. But as James said, we count it all joy when we go through divers trials and temptations. Why do we count it joy? We're not happy that this, this coronavirus is, is rushing across our nations. But what it is, what it should produce at the end, it should make us the Christians, the ambassadors that God has called us to be for his kingdom. And that's what it's all about, my friends. Although fear of the unknown is rushing rapidly across this nation, we who are the body of Christ need to come together and pray and keep our focus on the sovereign God that is in control. My Christian brothers and sisters, I want to tell you, this is the perfect opportunity to check on individuals uh, around our circle and in our communities and make sure they're doing all right. But we also should check on our unsaved friends and give them hope that we have through Christ Jesus. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.